Your Locked On Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, this is Locked On Blue Jackets. Happy Thursday, uh, one more day until the weekend, which is very exciting for everyone. Um... Congratulations to the Tampa Bay Lightning for winning the Stanley Cup. Congratulations to the Montreal Canadiens for making it to the final uh, when many people believed they wouldn't make it past Game 4 versus the Leafs. Uh, so now that now that all that's out of the way, I am your host, Jay Foster. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. So today we're going to finish up the conversation that I started yesterday with Harrison Lee of Locked On Winnipeg Jet. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about the Dubois-Line trade, a little bit more about Jack Roslovic, uh, and I'm also going to get the inside scoop on Pascal Vincent, the first of the new assistant coaches for the Columbus Blue Jackets. So I will, uh, I'll just get right into it. And I wonder if Roslovic also was a big help in... Um, kind of helping Line transition, because I feel like Line played his best when he was on Roslovic's wing. Um, and I I, uh, I doubt that they played a ton of time together in, in Winnipeg just because of Line's uh, role versus Roslovic's role. But having a familiar face and someone that, you know, has been on the same team probably, um, probably helped a little bit. Um, uh, I do actually, I, I wanted to talk about this before and then and then forgot because I am a fool who has no object permanence. Um, Line A, about halfway through the season, Tortorella decided to switch Line A to right wing. Um, and I know from kind of paying vague attention to Dubois this season that he spent a bunch of time on that top line left wing, as opposed to the second line center that I think everyone assumed that that he was going to play. How was, excuse me, how did how did that play out um, on the ice? Because I'm not gonna lie, like a bunch of my my Jets knowledge is mostly based on checking like the the NHL app stats stat sheet. So you know, was it was it a case of kind of loading up that top line? Um, putting Dubois next to Shifley and Wheeler, or do you think it would have been a smarter idea to play him at centre and have that have that depth? I think part of the issue was that Dubois at centre didn't really know what to do, um, which is strange to say, but also with the Jets, again, very confusing system, especially defensively, the Jets ask a lot of their centres, and I think Dubois his biggest issue was that he would hesitate a lot with decision-making because he's like, Oh, this is what I would normally do, but what the crap are the jets doing? Um, and you could kind of tell that he was puzzling through a lot of stuff as he was on the ice. And so the, the decision to move him out wide, I think was because Paul Stastny was doing fine as the second line center and the jets kind of realized Dubois needed some kind of a push to get him moving. Um, and so they put him out wide and I thought it was actually at least in my mind for a couple of games better. He could drive the slot a little more effectively. He likes being a complimentary player where he can sort of position himself in good shooting spots 
The biggest problem is whenever he got he got placed out there, his line mates didn't really feed him or they weren't looking for him. Um, the way that he plays is definitely like a position and possession kind of player. So he locks himself onto like a certain territory of the ice and then kind of closes the distance to the net. But then when you have the Jets who are very much active with like a, a Nikolai Ehlers type basically carrying around and creating a cycle by himself, that sort of clash doesn't really fit. And so the Shifley-Wheeler-Dubois combo was kind of, I wasn't really impressed. I mean, it was all right for a couple of games. Some games it was fantastic, but I just think Dubois' issues in terms of feeling comfortable with the way that the Jets play and the lack of chemistry kind of made it very difficult for him to even succeed, whether he was at center or at wing. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. And I think it, it, it was a similar thing with Lionel as well. Of, well, he's not really producing at left wing, so let's kind of move him to, to right wing. And um, I will say for Dubois, um, and I might be wrong here, I believe he played wing for a significant portion of his time in the uh, QMJHL. Uh, he played center as a kid, and then they moved him to wing for Major Junior. And then when we drafted him, we were like, no, he's a center. He's definitely a center. Um, so I think, I don't know whether it's the, the um, I don't know. Nope, train of thought's completely gone. Um, so yeah, he, he played a bunch of time at, at um, wing when he was a major junior. And I wonder if that's kind of impacting the, the Jets decision of, well, if he's not doing it at center and um, it was, it felt like a, a, like in hindsight, it feels like a really strange move for the Jets to, to be like, hey, we want to bring Dubois in as a center when you have got, you know, um, is it Shifley that plays center on that top line? Yeah, yeah, he's he's the one C. Um, but I think their biggest question I'd forgotten about yeah. until right now, and then there's not really anywhere for Dubois to to slot in. So it was like I guess it makes sense to put him at wing, so he stays in the top six. Coming up in just a minute, I've got more of my conversation with Harrison. But first, I've got to tell you about BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. The playoffs might be over, but baseball season is still in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all of your UFC MMA action. The Stanley Cup might have been awarded, but there are still many, many things you can bet on, including odds for next Stanley Cup. The 2022 Stanley Cup odds are up on BetOnline.ag. So if you fancy making a making a punt, then you can do so. So before the next game, make sure you head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device. Check out all the great sporting news, sign bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the bench anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as uh, teams get ready for the offseason. So head to the website, use your mobile device to sign up today. If you use promo code LOCKEDON, all one word, you will receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Once again, that is promo code LOCKEDON, all one word, at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline. Your online sportbook experts. I know it felt like a strange, um, felt like a strange decision to essentially replace Line with Dubois in that that top line left wing role. So they brought in um, Dubois because Stastny's going to be departing. I'm pretty sure Stastny's basically at the end of his career, and the biggest problem is after Shifley, they don't really have 
any top six centers. The hope right now is that Cole Perfetti becomes um, either a first or a second line center, but the only other choices that the Jets have right now are like Andrew Kopp and Adam Lowry. And I love Andrew Kopp. I think he's a very effective two-way center and somebody that has a lot of versatility, especially when you play him with skill. But in terms of like a really offensively gifted second line center, he he's just not quite at that technical level of being somebody who's like Dubois, who has like a lot more um, physicality and really soft hands. He's, he's kind of, I think ideally cast as a third line center. And so Dubois was supposed to be the heir apparent to that second line role where Brian Little used to be. Now, I, I don't really know if that's going to be the case. I think they're going to try him at center again, but I could see him long-term being a winger if they feel he's not really cutting it at, you know, down the middle. And if that's the case, it could also be that he becomes more expendable and they may look to move him for like a D down the road. I don't know, 100%. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so um, in, in, the, in the short term, um, let's, let's, uh, let's, let's get crazy with it. Who won the trade, do you think, based, based on this season? <laughs> um, I guess Columbus because of Rostovic. I think that's probably the, the thing that sets it apart. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't really know if there's there's any argument that the Jets could have um, short term. Yeah, it's got to be it's got to be Columbus on this one. Yeah, it, it's tough because I think Rostovic had arguably the the most impressive season of the three of them. Um, but again, Columbus was very bad this season um uh meanwhile Dubois kept his kept it kept his playoff streak alive um I don't remember him doing a ton in the playoffs um which was which was surprising because I feel like he's a kind of he's a guy that is you know made for playoff hockey you know he is a giant man that will just throw himself around with wild abandon um and I watched a bunch of the um the Jets Habs series and he just felt kind of the 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 bits that I watched anyway he felt a little invisible so it's it's tough to it's tough to really say you know who who won because arguably you know the Jets had a more successful season with Dubois than Columbus did with Line A and Roslovic but Roslovic also outscored both players um who knows? That third round pick might. Uh, I'll be interested to see who, in you know, five years down the line, who that third round pick turns into. And I'll say this in fairness to Dubois, <clears throat> um, I think a lot of people have felt like he's been invisible, which is is accurate in a lot of ways. Sometimes he's very visible and probably not in the best way that you would hope. But in the series against Montreal, the Jets were just dog crap, and I, I think a lot of people don't realize just how bad Winnipeg was. Montreal basically laughed them out of the series. And so, you know, not having Shifley suddenly being thrust on the first line center role. And I think all of the pressure and stuff, it, it just was too much for Dubois to handle. And so I, I kind of look at this, this season. <sighs> I mean, the jets were okay at times, but <sighs> I mean, towards the end where they started losing like nine games in a row, I think that that was probably a more fair reflection of what I expected. You know, sweeping Edmonton was very, very fortunate in my mind and then getting swept by Montreal it's kind of like well all right nature's sort of healing the Jets kind of <laughs> you know 
the universe they, they got the reality itself yeah <laughs> yeah you know you, you can't really um i guess escape your fate forever from for most teams but yeah um i, I think dubois you know like liney I, I think he will over time rebound it's just going to take some effort from him yeah for sure um and yeah maybe i don't know maybe this time next year we'll sit down again and look back at the trade and be like oh wow like Dubois scored 85 points and won the Rocket Richard next season. You know, I think it's probably highly unlikely that anyone but Austin Matthews is winning the Rocket Richard anytime soon. But, um, you know, you uh, you never know. Coming up in just a minute, I've got the end of my conversation with Harrison. But first, this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models of cars, it's basically impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why would you endure pointless or intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, chooses the brand that their warehouse happens to carry, the brand that's going to make them the most commission? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket, so why don't you just use those instead? You can save time and money when using rockauto.com. For example, you've got a Honda Odyssey. It needs a new fuel pump. If you get it from a chain store, it's going to cost you $350. If you get it from Rock Auto, it's going to cost you $216. RockAuto.com is a family business. They've been serving DIYers and professionals online for over 20 years. And those prices are reliable for every customer, regardless of who you are. They've got everything from brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, uh, even things like new carpet. So go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Make sure you write Locked On in there. How did you hear about this box? So they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. I do also want to talk a little bit about uh, another addition to the uh, Winnipeg-Columbus pipeline that uh, that is slowly developing. Um, we talked a little bit earlier about Brad Larson uh, becoming head coach. He has chosen his... Uh, or two of his assistants. I don't know if they've decided whether they're adding a third one yet or not. Um, but his first choice was uh, Pascal Vincent, who was the longtime head coach for the Manitoba Moose, who are, of course, the AHL team of uh, of Winnipeg. So uh, I don't know if you could tell me just a little bit about about him. Uh, you told me that wonderful story about the uh, the power play. That he did one time, which was uh, as as far as I remember it, two forwards and three defensemen on on one power play unit. Which I am just I am obsessed with that. I think about it approximately once a day. Um. <laughs> yeah, I, and in fairness to Vincent, this is mostly because the Moose roster. This was very early in the season, um, and so like <laughs> the forwards of the Moose were literally about sixty percent ECHLers. And then random people they found uh, from college and stuff. And their defense was like Gavanki, um, Jonathan Kavasevich, Vili Heinola. And so like a lot of the more offensively gifted players on the team, which if you're building from the back end for a successful season, probably not going to go super well. Um, and I'll, I'll confess that like my knowledge of Vincent is, is limited. So I'll keep it kind of to what I've been able to catch of the moose. Um, but from what I've seen of Vincent, I think he he's more in line with Columbus's approach. He does like to favor more aggressive hockey in terms of having his D-men activate very frequently. He likes them to jump into the play. He likes them to spearhead transition up the ice. Where I kind of wonder about him is sometimes his lines and, and rotations were very much, you know how like uh, Barry Trotz loves putting Leo Komarov on like the first line 
Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, Vincent. <laughs> yeah, Vincent will kind of do that sometimes, um, and he'll he'll like to protect the rookies too. Which, like, I know he's the associate head coach, so it's not like he's he's running the operations. But in a lot of ways, I think that he he wants to be very aggressive but conservative in terms of ice times and deployments, which I, I understand to a point. But then, like, if you if you see Cole Perfetti is pacing at like a point and a half per game as a rookie uh, who's basically a baby at the AHL level, and you're not really giving him a lot of ice time in terms of you know even strength stuff. I, I kind of wonder about that at times. I know what his thought process was, but there were moments where I was kind of like a little bit suspicious of Vincent. But if you asked me a choice between Vincent and say Paul Maurice, it's like, oh, I would I would 100% take Vincent's philosophy over the way the Jets are currently right now. So I, I think Vincent could be a good fit for Larson. Yeah, and I think it probably will help that, again, he's not going to be running the show. Um so, and I, I don't know a ton about, you know, um, coaching delegation, you know, I don't know who really makes all of the decisions and who, um, I believe Vincent is going to be running the offense and the power play, um, which is why I was delighted by that, the 3D power play unit, because, you know, it, it's no secret Columbus power play has been bad basically since 2016. Um, because I'm pretty sure Sam Gagne cursed us on his way out of town. Um, but I, I'll be interested to see kind of how he deals with basically being given um, preset players and then uh, choosing how to deploy those, those groups of players. So it could, it could turn out well. It could turn out um, a little bit, a little bit wonky. Uh, I mostly am excited for fresh blood in terms of, who's running the power play um because again the power play real bad real long time so uh i'm i'm it can't be worse see what vincent brings especially to the power play but also um to kind of the assistant coach role of helping uh develop younger players and helping um kind of manage manage time on ice the good news is when you suck, it can only go up from here. So that's that's the. Oh, hope. this is true. Like, yeah, it, it, it we're picking fifth overall this season. <laughs> um, so yeah, the um, the Columbus to Winnipeg pipeline continues. We'll see if any more free more comes of that. Come, you know free agency or trading or drafting or whatnot, maybe Seth Jones will end up as a Winnipeg Jet. It seems very unlikely, but hey, it it could happen, you know? Um, so if people want to kind of catch up with the with the Jets, maybe catch up with uh, their favorite Pierre-Luc Dubois, where can they find you and your show? So our show is, of course, Locked on Winnipeg Jets, and you can find me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco, where you can yell at me for all of my really bad Jets opinions. Perfect. I will find the stop button. And I think that's all the time I have for today. Tomorrow I will be talking to Jason Hernandez about the other uh, new assistant coach for the Blue Jackets, Sylvain Lefebvre. He spent the past three years in San Diego with the San Diego Gulls, the Anaheim Ducks farm team. So I got a Locked On Ducks host Jason to come and talk to me about him, uh, his 
good things, his bad things, and what we can maybe kind of expect from our penalty kill next season. Uh, I've been Jay Foster. You can find me on Twitter at underscore Jacob, J-A-K-O-B, Foster, F-O-R-S-T-E-R. You can find the show at L-O underscore Bluejackets. If you have comments, questions, criticisms, you can email me at lock.bluejackets at gmail.com. And you can find this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're on Apple. We're on Spotify. We're on Odyssey. We're on Audible. We're on Stitcher. Wherever you get a podcast, you can find us there. So uh, make sure make sure you check. Check us out. Subscribe. Follow. Leave a review. Leave a rating. Whatever you feel is necessary. And uh, until tomorrow, make sure you stay locked on.